today's daf is Nazir daf Samach Dalid. We are holding on the bottom of daf Samach Gimel and Beis, four lines from the bottom of the page. I want to thank Alicia again for giving this year yesterday. And uh, today we're continuing the exciting sugyas of Tumah and Tahara, and we're going to learn about two uh, two specific dinim of Tumah. Today, one is uh, Tumah Tzafa, and the other is Tumah Satahom. Tumah Tzafa is the idea that even though there is a basic rule that we learn from Sota, that Tzafik Tumah Bereshus HaRabim is Tahar, and Tzafik Tumah Bereshus HaYachid is Tameh, if the Tuma is floating on the water, and the Tzafik Tumah Bereshus HaYachid case, that would be Tahar. If there was Tumah that was floating on the water that you're not sure if you touched or you didn't touch, even though it's a Rishus HaYachid, and normally Tzafik Tumah Bereshus HaYachid is Tameh, but in that case, it's going to be Tahar. So our Gemara is going to have a machlokas, what's called floating on the water? Does it have to be on uh, flo- floating directly on the water? What if it's floating in a clee that has, wa- that it's floating in a clee that has water in it? So is that considered that it's, uh, that it's floating on the water? Does it have to be like in the ground? The water is in like a, on an ocean or a river or something of that nature. The Gemara is also going to, t- and we're going to have sources for both shitos. It's going to talk about types of tumah that are not subject to this leniency, to this special kula of tumah tzafa. And then the Gemara is going to have a series on Amad Aleph of seven Shilohs all about what's considered floating on a clean, meaning assuming that the kula of Tumas Safa is only when it's floating like in a river or an ocean or a lake or something like that, Bekarka. But if it's on a, it's if it's floating in water in a kli, it would not have the leniency of Tumas Safa. What's called a kli? Does it have to actually be a kli, like Dine Kalim, like you would say, like a kli that's Makabal Tumah? Or does it just have to be something that's different from the water? And how different does it have to be from the water? Does it have to be a solid, a liquid? Does it, what if it's something that itself is Tameh? is going to have a series of seven shilas on Amad Aleph relating to that, uh, to that detail, which are all going to conclude in Teku, so spoiler alert, but it's all going to conclude in Teku. So on, on Amad Beis, the Gemara is going to, uh, going to discuss the effect of Tumas HaTahom on a person who's already Becheskas Tameh. So Tumas HaTahom is the concept that, uh, that, that, uh, that there was a Tumah that no one knew about, that no one in the world knew about, and then the guy discovers about it after he's already become Tahar. Well, what if he was Becheskas Tameh at the time of the Tumas HaTahom? Would we still have the leniency of Tumas HaTahom? So that's, uh, those are the two basic topics of today's daf. So uh, to get back into it, the Mishnah had said, Ketzad, Yorad, what the Mishnah was talking about is a Nazir who becomes Tameh with Tumas HaTahom, meaning no one knew about the Tumah, and he only finds out about the Tumah after he's Megaleach. So the Allah is, it's not so ser his Nazirus. So the Mishnah had said, what's an example of Tumas HaTahom? The Yorad, the Nazir, goes to the Ma'ara and to Bitovel, and afterwards he finds that there was a mace that was tzafal paneyamayim that was floating on the water. That's not tumas atom because the mace is there. It's it's uh, it's it's right out in the open, floating on the water. So the gemara explains that even though if you find a mace tzafal amayim, the nazir is going to be tamei misafek. That's like any time any time you have a din of safek tumber shosiyachid, the nazir will be tamei. But nevertheless, if there's a sheretz al paneyamayim, if there's a sheretz floating on the water, the nazir is not going to be tamei because. Safik Tumat Safa is Tahar even in Rosh That's the special Kiddush called Tumat Safa. It doesn't apply to a mace, but it applies to a sheretz. And if you have a sheretz that's floating on water and you have a Safik, whether a guy touched that sheretz, 
even though it's Rishos Yachid, and normally something to Rishos Yachid is Tamei, in this case it's going to be Tahar. So says the Gemara, Safa ain't a metama le'inyan sheretz. When it comes to, when, when you have a suffix, whether your person touched tumma or not, and that tumma is floating on the water, the person is not going to be tummy with suffix, even when that suffix is in Rishos Yachid. But that din is only when it's a suffix legabe tumas maga sheretz, when he's not sure if he touched the sheretz. But legabe tumas owel mace, then you have the regular din of suffix tumma Rishos Ramtar, suffix tumma Rishos Yachid is tame. Now, I was careful to say when it's a suffix Tumas, Ohel Hames. If he has a suffix, whether he was Mahil on a mace, a suffix where he's not sure whether he touched a mace, we're going to discuss whether uh, Tumas Tzafa applies or not. We'll get to that. Ditanya. So the Brysa tells us, suffix Tumas Tzafa, Bein Bekelim, Bein Bekarika Tahora. Tanakama says, Tumas Tzafa, this rule of Tumas Tzafa that we could, that we could be makel and assume that the person is tar, it doesn't make a difference whether the Tumas is floating on water that's in a kli or on water that's in the karika. Either way, it's going to be tar, the halacha is going to apply. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Bekelim Tumeya, Bekarika Tahora. Rabbi Shimon says, no, it, uh, this kula is only going to be in water that's in the karika. But if the Tumas floating in water that's in a kli, we do not have this kula, we treat it like a regular suffix to Yachid, where the Allah is going to be, that it is Tameh. So says Gemara, my time at the Tanakama. Where does the Tanakama get this idea that, uh, that Tumas Tzafa, the, the, the kula of uh, Tumas Tzafa, applies both Bikarka and Bikalim? So he explains as follows. Am Rabbi Yitzhak Baravadimi. Rabbi Yitzhak Baravadimi explains because we find really it's a stira in the Psukim about Tumah. Ksiv, on the one hand, the Pasuk says, Bechal Asheretz Asheretz. That a person is not, the, the, the beginning of the Pasuk, Al Tishak Tzvesnaf Shosechem. Person is not to be Metame himself with Kal Asheretz Asheretz. And that makes it sound like Kal Makam Shu Asheretz. Wherever it may be, whether it's Pekarka, Bemayim, it doesn't make a difference. Wherever this uh, Tama is, one is not allowed to be Metame himself. Uksiv, and uh, on the other hand, the Pasuk says that Allah Aretz, that the Zalachem Atame Bisharetz Asheretz, Allah Aretz, that the only Sheretz that's going to be a problem is Sharetz that's Sharetz Allah Aretz. Apparently, if it's Allah Mayim, it's not going to be a problem. So, already in the Pasuk, you see an allusion to Tumas Safa, to the heter of anything that's Safa al Mayim, because it says it's only Tame Allah Aretz, but it's a steer in the Pasukim. One Pasuk says that wherever you may find the Tumah, whether it be a Mayim, in water, in the air, and when it doesn't make a difference, so he's going to be Tame. And the other one says, no, it's only Allah Aretz that it's going to be Tame. But you find it on water, sounds like it's going to be Tar. Ha Ketzad, so how do we Reconcile the two psukim, vada maga otame, suffik maga otahar. If you know for sure that you touch the tuma, it doesn't make a difference where you touch the tuma. You could have touched the tuma on the water, in the ground, in the air. It doesn't make a difference. You're always going to be tame. That's the first pasuk. That's the pasuk v'chala sharetz hashoretz. But if you only have a suffix tuma and it's in rishus hayachid, well then it's only ba'aretz that it's going to be tame. But if it's in water, it's not going to be tame. But notice the whole distinction in the pasuk is between aretz versus anything that's not aretz versus water. So that makes it sound like if the tumma is floating on water in a kli, it would still be it would be tar, it would not be tummy, because that's in water, that's not ba'aretz. Anything that's not ba'aretz is automatically going to be tar 
in a suffix situation. So that's the source for the Tanakama. That's the reason that the Tanakama holds that this heter of, or this, this uh, kula of Tumas Safa applies whether it's directly in water that's in the Karka or even if it's floating in water that's inside of a Kli. But Rabbi Shimon disagreed. For Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon would hold when Rabbi Shimon says that Mayim that's Algabe Karka, we would apply the, 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 the kula of Tumas Safa but not Mayim that's in a Kli. My timer, what's his logic? Amarula. So it explains he has a different stirum sukim. Ksiv on the one hand, the pasuk says Achmayan. Pasuk goes on to say Bar Mikvamayim Yatahar. Sounds like from the pasuk that Tumas that Safa B'Mayim is Tahora. That it talks about water being something that uh, is that, that that leads us to assume Tahar Uksiv. But there's another pasuk that says Yitma. Sounds like wherever it may be that even a suffix Tumat Safa is going to be Tame. So how could it be that on the one hand we say Tuma in water is not a problem? On the other hand, we say Tuma even in water is a problem. Tar. So he says it must be that there's a difference between two types of floating in water. If it's floating in water in Kalim, then there's no din of Tumasafa, it's going to be Tame. But if it's floating in water that's in the Karka, then there is a din of Tumasafa, it's going to be Tahar. So uh, a couple of things over here. The um, a couple of, uh, of, of issues that come up with, with uh, Tumas Safa. So first of all, we said that Safik Tumas Safa, Torah, the Rishonim write that even in Safik and Rishasi Yachid, by Safik Tumas Safa, that's the whole beer of the Gemara, is that Tumas Safa is a Kula, that normally Safik Tumas Rishas Yachid is Tameh, but Tumas Safa is a Kula that we're going to say that it's Tahar. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Avos HaTumah, Perik Tezvav Allah Chachas, V'kal Elu HaSfekos Shetiru Chachamim Afilu Rishas Yachid, all the these sveikos that the chum were mekel even in shosiyachid mipnei she'ein behendasli shael. It's because this is part of the larger din called ein vodasli shael. That when uh, we learn from sota savik to shosiyachid is tamei. That's only because a sota is uh, someone who has dasli shael. You could ask her what happened. She may not tell you the truth. But you could ask her what happened. She has das to be able to deal with a question about the situation that occurred. But whenever the Suffolk Tumor relates, and this is one of the Yisodos and Taros, whenever the Suffolk Tumor relates to someone or something that has no das lishal, where you can't ask, they don't have das to be able to deal with it. It's a thing, it's not a person that the Suffolk Tumor is about. Uh, so, so then the Allah would not apply of Suffolk Tumor Shasyachid. So the Ramam seems to associate this din of Tumas Safa with Emo Das Lishal. That's very difficult to understand. The uh, the the the, the rivet is masik. He says zeshibush. Even though it's uh, this applies, even though yeshva dasi shal. Because what's the whole shaila over here? Shaila over here is a guy touches this tumma tzafa, this floating tumma. The guy is yeshva dasi shal. So it doesn't uh, doesn't. It's difficult to understand what the what the rabbi means to say. The rabbi doesn't understand very well. Any subject to tumma brishos yachid that's aimed at dasi shal is going to be tahar. But not only is fekos atiru chacham all fekos. Then there are other kulas like Tumas Safa, which is an independent kula of Ein Badasli Shael. So the Kasmishna writes that the Ramam holds that the reason that all the Sveikos, the Chamor Metaher, is because of this reason of Ein Badasli Shael, and that there's no special Chiddush Din of uh, going on over here. But again, very difficult to understand what that means. How, how, can, how can you say that over here? We're talking about a person. How can you say it's Ein Badasli Shael? So the Karanara suggests that the Ram does not mean to say that all the what he means to say is that by a suffix that's in Badasli Shal and Rosh Yachid, it's included in suffix Tum Rosh Meaning, the, uh, the, 
the Chiddush of Savitim Rishasiyach Tameh was never said about something that Tzayim Vadas Lishal. It was never said about something that uh, you can't ask and, and try to figure out its situation. So the Ramam is trying to, to be Miyashiv why the Mishnayis and Taros that talk about Savitim Rishasiyachid, um, why they don't mention, uh, when they talk about all the exceptions Savitim Rishasiyachid, why they don't mention Ein Vadas Lishal. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that Savitim uh, Rishasiyachid, that's not included in Savitim Rishasiyachid, that's included in Savitim Rishasiyachid. So that's what the Ramam is saying, that all these things, that Tiaru Chachamim, Afilu Rishasiyachid, is because this is not part of the Dasli Shal discussion. It's not part of the, uh, the Einbo Dasli Shal is the Din in Savitim Rishasiyachid, that, that that takes a Rishasiyachid and we treat it as if it's a Rishasiyachid. Very, very challenging Rambam to understand. Tosos raises a, a suffix over here on the bottom, Tosos raises a suffix when we say that Tumas Safa is Tahar, does that mean that it has to be floating on water? What if it's floating in the air? So that's a strange question, because what do you mean it's floating? Things don't float in the air. That's why the Gemara talks about things floating on the water, because there's, uh, there's such a thing called gravity, so, so that, that prevents things from floating in the air. So it says, no, what if someone is Zorik? So you're not sure if you touched it while it was in midair, while it was being thrown in midair. So the Achronim have a difficult time trying to understand what Tosos is talking about, considering that our Gemara that we're about to see in a moment on Samachdal and Ralph talks about if if one is Zorik a uh, Tuma whether it's uh, whether it's subject to Masafa so Tulsa is just raising the exact issue that the Gemara was raising so very uh, very difficult to understand so the um, the Achronim try to suggest that, uh, that 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 the din the Gemara discusses is in some way different than the suffix that uh, that that Tosos is raising. That Tosos is talking about a person who's in the water, and the Chiddush is Afal became It's considered that the Tuma is Munach and that it's not Safa, that it's not floating because the, the, because the person someone is uh, is holding on to it. So Nizrakin is Sveik on Tar. If it's thrown, then we would assume that it's it's Tar because we're talking about where where it's Betoch where it's actually where the guy is in the water. And as long as no one is holding it, then that's not considered munach. That's considered uh, suffix tar. But uh, but in, if you're talking about someone who throws it from outside of the water, then maybe that's what the Gemara is talking about. It's different. They try to suggest all different uh, sorts of chilukim that again are difficult to understand. Tosa seems to be raising the exact shaila that the uh, that the, that the Gemara raises. So um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the Chazanish, as quoted in the, in, in the Masifta over here, suggests that the suffix of Tosos is different. He says uh, it's based on what Tosos writes later on in Samachdalud that when we say Nizrak and Sveikantar, that's if a person throws it al Mayim and it's floating on the water because it was thrown there. So that Chiddush, that, that's considered Tumas Safa, even though it's only floating there because someone threw it there. But that's not what the but but nizrak ba'avir when it's still in the in the airspace that's what Tulsa is raising the question about meaning when the Gemara discusses nizrak later on it's not talking about where you touch it in midair it's talking about it got it, it's a tumat safa that's floating on the water how did it get in the water someone threw it there that's what the Gemara is going to talk about if it only got there mikoach adam that someone threw it there it wasn't just discovered 
floating on the water. You know how it got there. You know that someone threw it there. Tulsa's suffix is someone touches it while it's in midair, while it happens to be floating in midair. Okay, now the Gemara raises a series of seven shilas relating to this din of Tumas Tzafa. So says Gemara Tan Rabbanan, Kalani Talan Vanagrarin, Sveikon Tame. Anything that was, uh, that, that, that is being held by a person or dragged by a person, Ali uh, by pulling it on a string or something, even though it's floating on the water, let's say there's a guy in the water, he's not, he's not sure if he touched this tumma. What's, called, what's the story with the tumma? The tumma is being manipulated by another person outside of the water who's, touch, who's either schlepping it along the surface of the water or who's uh, schlepping it along with a string along the surface of the water. So there is some human connection to that tumma. So then we don't say this cool of tumma safa if a person in the water is not sure if he touched it or not. Because once a person is handling it, it's not considered floating, it's considered like it's placed in the water. But Vahan is rocking, is what I was just referring to before. If it's thrown, then Svekan Tahar. Then we assume that it's Tahar. So that's what the Chazanish explains. What does it mean it's thrown? It's just like a Negrarin that we were just talking about, where it actually is floating in the water. Nizrakin just means it was thrown into the water and that's how it got there. So the Gemara says that's still going to be Tumas Safa because the person is now removed from it. I mean, he's no longer manipulating it. He had thrown it into the water, but now it's just floating on the water like any other Tumas Safa. So that's still going to be subject to the leniency of Tumas Safa. But there are exceptions to this leniency. That if there's a Kazayis Min HaMais, where a person has a suffix, whether he was Ma'ahil on it, or it was Ma'ahil on him, whether it's, when it's a suffix to Mas'ohel, we do not apply the leniency of Tumas Safa. The and also anything that's metame milamala kilamata. Anything that's uh, the, 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 the din of a zav, there are a lot of types of tumma by a zav that are not knowing by other tumas. For example, if a zav moves something with a stick, even though uh, he's not touching it, he's only touching it through the stick, it becomes tame. A person that's tar is masit a zav, moves a zav, even though he never touches the zav, but he moves him by pushing him with a stick or something, so the person becomes tame or anything that's on top of a Zav if he has a lot of covers on top of him blankets on top of him say even something that's not touching him but it's 10 blankets up is going to be Tameh or he's sitting on 10 cushions even the bottom one is going to be Tameh without touching it so all those Tumos we don't say this din of Safek Tumot Safa Lahakel so if a Zav is floating on the water and you have a Safek whether he moved something was moved by something Tumos Hasit or whether he was on something or something was, uh, was on him where you have a Lamal Lamata so all of those cases, we'd say we would not apply the din of Tumas Safa. So those are some exceptions. Now the Shailas. Boy, Rabbi Barachama. Rabbi Barachama raised the following question. Mace Bekli, Bekli Tzaf al Mahu. What if you have a mace in the Kli, and the Kli is floating on the water? What's the din then? Basar Kli Azlinan, or Basar Maya Azlinan. Do we assume it's either Mesa or Maya? So the Gersa changes to Maya, that it's the water. Do we look at it as if it's, it's in a Kli, so it's Munach, it's not Safa? Or do we say, no, the Kli's floating on water, and therefore it's in the water? This is different than the Machlokas Tanayim we had before. Machlokas Tanayim we had before was the, where the Tumah is floating on water, it's just the water is in a Kli. Over here we're talking about the Tumah's in a Kli, the Kli is floating on water. So the Tumah's not in direct contact to any water, but do we assume that that's considered to be floating? Tumma, or do we not consider it to be floating tumma? Shaila number two. 
If you're going to assume that we go uh, that we go basar the kli that we we look at the kli to to determine that it's therefore munach What if it's not in a kli? What if it's sitting on top of a sheretz when when and the sheretz is floating in the water? Do we assume that since the one is tumas erev and one is tumas shiva, meaning the uh, the the mace is, it would be mitame a person for seven days, uh, sheretz is only mitame a person tumas erev. So therefore, it's uh, the the thing that it's floating on is like a kli because it's not uh, it's not of the same status as the the tumah itself. Or do we say no? It's all tumah. So it's, so what you have when you have the mace on top of the sheretz floating in the water is you have tumah floating on the water. So what difference does it make that one is tumah mace, one is tumah sheretz? It's it's all tumah floating on the water. So mail it's going to be tameh. So that's shaila number two. Shaila number three. If you're going to say that when the mace is on top of a sheretz, that that's considered as if it's sitting in a kli uh, because they have such different levels of tumah. What if you have a sheretz floating on top of a nevela? So it's two different things, but they have this very similar levels of tumah. So what would the din be then if the sheretz is on a nevela and the nevela is floating? And you know you didn't tie the suffix's not about the nevela. That wouldn't be an issue. That's definitely to Masafa. The suffix is did you touch the sheretz that's floating on the nevela? Do we assume that since both of them are only metame tumaserev, so it's just considered like tuma floating on the water, and therefore it would be subject to the kula of tumasafa? Or maybe we say no, that one is a kazayis, one is a kadasha, so they have different uh, different types of tuma, and therefore the sharetz that's floating on the nevela is considered to be floating on a kli because it's floating on something far into it, not not the same thing as it. So that brings us to the next shayla. Sheretz al gabe sheretz mahu. What if you have a sheretz floating on another sheretz? Do you say that hani vade chad shiraninu? Do you say, well, since it's the same shir, it's the mamish, the same type of tuma, so therefore it's just tuma floating on water, and therefore would be subject to the kula of tuma tzafa. Or maybe no, maybe since these are two entities, each sheretz is its own thing, so maybe we wouldn't say Tumas Safa. Vim Tim Salomar, Shaila number five now. Sheretz al Gabe Sheretz, Kivin de Mifskime Adadi, Kamanda Mancha Beklidami. You want to say that two shruts in one on top of the other, that it would be considered as if it's in a Kli, Sheretz al Gabe Nevela Shinimocha Mahu. What if you were to have a sheretz? Floating on top of nevela, but it's not solid nevela. It's nevela that has uh, that is liquefied. Do we say that since it's liquefied, it's like the mashka, and therefore it becomes bottled to the water, so you have tuma floating on the water? Or do you say, no, this is nevela, and it's recognizable as nevela, as liquefied nevela, and therefore it's a foreign substance to the water, so it's as if the tuma is in a kli. What you see from these shilas is that we're definitely not makbed that it be a kli, it's just a matter of meaning, let's say, pshute kliates, which doesn't have a full din of a kli. So obviously that would definitely... Uh, uh, not be considered um, uh, any more to Masafa than than, uh, than 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 most of these things. Um, so uh, I shouldn't say we're definitely not mocked with that. Be clear. The first shaila was whether if it's, if it's in a cleat. But after that, we're giving up on the laws of kalim per se, and we're just looking at whether it's a foreign substance. What we consider a foreign substance. Vimtim salomer uchlahu shaila number six. If you want to say that liquefied nevela is considered a food and therefore a 
foreign substance, and therefore when uh, Tumma is floating on top of it, it would not have a din of Tumma Tzafa. What if it was Shechva Zera? That's more of a liquid. That's, uh, that was never in a, a solid form. It's not like Nevela that was Nimoach. So what would the din be then? If you want to say, well, that comes from a human body, and because it's Ne'ekar from the human body, it's considered to be like Ochel, the Rishonim point out, wait, blood also comes from a human body, and so does saliva, and so does urine, and no one would ever have a Havamina, that that would be considered Ochel. So they say this is different, that this is, uh, this is considered to be uh, more created by the, by the human body than the other things, for some reason, unclear uh, to me why, why it is that it's different, but this is different. So it doesn't seem that the difference that they draw is the uh, the fact that it's is 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 how liquid how liquefied it is the difference is uh, is 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 in its makeup is 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 how it's made not not uh, not 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 in its physical um, you know uh, properties as a liquid so keeping them what if the sharetz is floating on top of mechatas mechatas is the water that's mixed with the ashes of the paraduma that they'll used to be matara someone with so what if it's sitting on top of that and that's floating on the water so uh, so what's the shaila about that why would that not be considered a liquid so it also points out because that's thicker it's not uh, it's not it's not pure water since you mix it with ashes so it's like uh, it's like kneading a dough you know so the dough is going to be a lot thicker than water so this it's not quite like kneading a dough it's not flour it's ashes but it's going to be a much thicker type of water so therefore maybe it doesn't have a din of liquid so lay a din and take the Gemara leaves it all as a take Tosus points out in the last few lines of the page since the whole Shaila about the Mechatas had nothing to do with it actually being Mechatas, it was just about the fact that it was water mixed with ashes, so it wasn't really a Shaila specifically about Mechatas, it was a Shaila about any water that's not so liquid, that's, uh, that's mixed with some sort of solid, and is therefore a little more solid. So, but we want to add an extra Chiddush by talking about Mechatas, so he says that the Chiddush is that one might have thought that since Mechatas itself is Tame, Mechatas is Metame, so uh, that's one of the unique uh, elements of Paraduma, that Mechatas is Metame, so one might have thought that then it should certainly be considered as if it's floating directly on, uh, as if it's, uh, as if it's Tuma floating directly on water, because the sharetz that's on top of the mechatas has the same uh, the same status. They're both considered to be tame. So even even so, uh, we're still uh, we're still not sure about this. So that's the Gemara's series of uh, of takus over here. Now, in the very first one, where we ask the question, where it's in a kli, and the kli is uh, is al gabe mayim, the rashash, another achronim ask that lechora this is th- that first shaila should be tali in a machlokas tanaim in mesachas para. There's a mission that appears two places in Shas. It appears in the 10th parak of Masechus Para, and it also appears in the 7th parak of Masechus Idios. So like Idios collects a lot of Mishnahis from all over Shas. So the, the, uh, the, the, the mission over there says that a Kalal Shalchatas, uh, which means a Klicheres that has in it Efer Paro, or Mayim, that's Muktash to use 
for the paraduma that touches a sharetz. So whatever is in that klicheres is tahar, because the halacha is by klicheres, klicheres can only be mitame mitocho, not migabo. Tumma touches the outside of a klicheres, the klicheres does not become tame. Only when tumma touches the inside of a klicheres, even the avir, even the airspace, doesn't even have to touch the inside of the kli, it's a klicheres can be mitame, even meavir. But any tumma on the outside is not going to be tame. But what if you take the kli and you put it on top of a sharetz? So uh, it's it's floating, it's sitting on top of a sharetz. Rabbi Lezer is then metayr, the chamra metame. What's the machlokas? The chamol, the Torah says, to put the eifer parah b'makom tahar. And over here, the eifer parah is munach al gabe sharetz. You can't call it a makom tahar. Meaning bish lama when it's in a klicheres, and then tumah touches the outside wall from the side. So it's in a makom tahar, and it's impervious to the tumah that's, uh, that's touching it from the outside wall. But when it's sitting on top of a sheretz, how could you call that to be resting b'makom tahar? The eifer parah is not b'makom tahar, and therefore the chamra metame. But Rablazer holds that the eifer that's munach in the kli is b'makom tahar. It's in a kli that is tahar. I, the kli is on top of the sheretz? Yeah, that's the kli on top of the sheretz. The eifer is not on top of the sheretz. The eifer is in the kli. So that's what the Rashash and the Mishachron they point out. Wait a second, that's exactly this machlokas. When you have Tumah in a kli and the kli is on the water, do we say the Tumah is floating on the water? Or do we say no? The Tumah is munach the kli. It's not floating on the water. Same exact issue. You have an afer in the kli and the kli is on the sharetz. Do you say that the afer is on the sharetz? Or do you say no? The afer is in the kli. It's not on the sharetz at all. So in the Mishnah Chrona, the commentary on the Mishnah is Mishnah Chrona, he's metares, that it could be that because of the chumra of Mechatas, the Rabbanon were machmir in that case. But normally we go basar the tach. Meaning, over there, the Chamur Machmir by the Efer Parah, and they say, ah, this is not a Makam Tar, it's sitting on a Sharetz. Maybe that's specifically for the Chumras of Mechadas. There are a lot of Chumras that we take with the Efer Parah Dumi. They go through all these wild, wild Chumras to, uh, to, to ensure the Tahara of the Mechadas. And there's reason for it they, that they were uh, extra careful about it, because uh, the, to, to be, they, they would have a Kohen as a full Yom deal with it uh, as a way to. To, uh, to show the Tzadukim that there is such halach, because Tzadukim wouldn't allow a Kohen to to deal with it. So because they took that leniency, they have a whole series of Chumras that they apply, even in terms of securing the Mechatas. How would they get the Mechatas? It was wild. The Mishnahites described. They would raise these children, uh, to, they would take pregnant women, bring them onto a cliff that, uh, where, where there's no Tumah, and uh, have them have a baby there, and they would raise the children there, and when the child was old enough, they would, uh, they would, he would never leave, never leave that cliff, because a uh, dafka cliff, because that way there, there could be no one buried in the ground there, because you can't, you can't uh, cut through the ground, it's rock, and underneath, if there's someone buried underneath, the cliff itself would stop the tumah, would form an ohel, and would stop the tumah. Then they would take that child when he got old enough, put him on the back of an animal with a board on the back of the animal, so that if he passes over anything that's tumah, the board will form an ohel, so that he won't become tumah. He'll go down to the water, and he'll lower a bucket down to the water, bring that, bring that bucket back up, and he'll, uh, and, and he'll bring it back to the to, to wherever to, to make the mechatas. So that they went to such an extent. So there are a lot of chumras that you have dafka be mechatas. Sounds like the Mishnah Chronos says you can't ask kashas that this this is against the Mishnah and Parah about how they dealt with mechatas. Yeah, by Mishnah and Parah it's likely that the chum are going to be more machmir by the mechatas than we will be by uh, by by anything else. 
Now, uh, in terms of the uh, the maskana, so the Gemara says, take what the end of Rambam and Avos Hatuma, Parikidalit Alacha Dalit writes that if you have a sheretz on top of Mechatas, and the Mechatas is Tzafal Pneamayim, the Rambam Paskins Tahar. The Rambam Paskins in that case, we would apply Tumas Tzafa. So Kesemish explains the reason the Rambam Paskins Lahakel is because since the Chamur Metar Tumas Tzafal Pneamayim, so it's considered Tzafik Drabana Lukula. That the din of Tumas Tzafa is a, is, is a, is a din Drabanan. So Mela it's a Tzafik Drabanan Lukula. The, uh, the Chaznish says that this is the Rambam Lashitasa. The Rambam holds Tzafik Tumber Shasiachid is Tamei only Midrabanan. It's a very because the Gemara in Sota derives it directly from Sota. That's how the Gemara is Tamei. But the Rambam holds that that's only a din midrabanan. That whatever pesukim we have are only a smachta. So if you say the holding of Savik Tumber Shosiyachid is only midrabanan, so all the pesukim that the Gemara brings are only a smachta. Meaning Tumasaf, what do you mean it's only midrabanan? The Gemara quoted pesukim. The, the top of the Samukalim and Alf of here was all about was quoting pesukim. So what do you mean it's only midrabanan? It seems that it's uh, that it's Daraisa. So uh, if if you understand that the whole din of is only midrabanan. So yeah, then you could say that all these psukim that we're quoting are also only midrabanan. They're not. They're only nasmachta. They're not real psukim to teach us a din midar Okay, they are real psukim. They're just not teaching a real din midar raisa. Okay, Amar Nuna. Nazir va'osa pesach. New topic now. Um, not tumas safa. Now we move on to tumas hatahom. So the uh, the Gemara uh, goes back to that discussion that we were discussing in yesterday's daf. That Nazir finds out after he's megaleach his teglachas tara that he became tamil tumas at home before his teglachas. So it's not so ser his nazirus. So in Nazir va'osa pesach, a Nazir and someone who's who's uh, being makriv his carbon pesach that became tamil with the, the background over here is that they became tamil with tumas mace and they therefore had to go through the whole process of getting a for part of sprinkled on them. So they got sprinkled on day three, and then again on day seven, and then they became Tameh with Tumas uh, HaTahom on day seven of their Tahara process from their original Tumah. And they don't know uh, about this Tumah until after they, uh, they, the Nazir finishes counting his Nazir's Tara and he does his whole Giluach. Meaning, the Nazir thinks, okay, now I'm Tahar. He has no idea that he came in contact with this Tumas at home. So he counts his full 30 days of Nazir's, finishes his Nazir's, is Megaleach, and then he discovers, wait, 30 days ago when I was finishing up my Tumah, I, uh, I, I had come in contact with Tumas at home. So, uh, so, or the guy who was macro of his carbon Pesach. And then he discovers that he had this Tumas Atom issue. So the Allah is Taharim, they're Tahar. That we don't, we, my time, and why they Tahar? Delo Alima Tumas Atom Lemistar. Tumas Atom does not have the Koach to be so ser that which was already done. So since uh, they didn't know about this Tumas until after the Maisa was already over, till after everything was already over, so Tumas Atom does not have the Koach to ruin everything retroactively. Masiv Rava, so Rava says, is that really true? Tumas Atom doesn't have the ability to uh, ruin something retroactively? Yarad, if a Nazir goes to be Tovel, litar mi Tumas HaMais, to, be ta- to become Tar from Tumas Mace that he was Tameh with, and he finds out after he counts his Nazir's Tara, and he's Migaleach, that, uh, that there was a Kazayas Mena Mace in the, in the Karka of that Ma'ara, that there was a uh, Kazayas Mena Mace that was Tumas HaTahom, Halach is 
Tame, he's going to be metame him, and it's going to ruin his own zeros. Shecheskas tame, tame, shecheskas tar, tar. This din that a nazir is not so serious in a zeros when he becomes tame with Tumas at home is only in a, in a situation where at the time that he became tame, he was becheskas tara. Meaning, when did he encounter the Tumas at home? Where he was becheskas tara. Then we say, okay, that Tumas at home is not going to ruin him, he's already becheskas tara. But if at the time that he encountered the Tumas at home, he was already becheskas tuma, then the Tumas Atom is going to be so sir, his entire Naziris. So this Mishnah is a very strong Kasha on Rav Amnuna. Rav Amnuna said that you have the Nazir and the Yosef Pesach that became Tameh, B'Shvi'i Shalahem on Tumas Atom. Shvi'i Shalahem, they're still Tameh with the Tumas Meis. So the B'Cheskas Tumah. And yet he still says it's not going to be so sir. Well, why not? They were B'Cheskas Tumah. So answers the Gemara, Amr Lei Rav Amnuna answers Rava, Modina Lach Benazir Shemuchus There's a Chilik between the Nazir that the Mishnah is talking about where he had still not gone to the mikvah for his tumah, and therefore he was not yet mikaleach, so he's becheskas tumah. So for him, tumah satom is going to be metamehim. He's mamish becheskas tumah. He had done nothing to get himself out of his tumah. As opposed to the nazir that I'm talking about, says Rav Amnuna, he already went to the mikvah, and he was megaleach his sorrows. He did everything. So that he had already he already left cheskas tumah. He had already become cheskas tahar. And therefore, tumah satom is not going to be metamehim. Amle Rav, Rav says, that this chilik is true, and since you're only talking about a case where he was already tovel at Tomaso, and the Nazir was Megaleach, so he's, he's not missing anything, he's Becheskas Tara, I would be moded to you that that's not called Tomas at home, that's Metame. And therefore the Nazir would not be so Nazirus, though so Pesach would not have to do a Pesach Sheni. Amle Abayis, Abayis says to Rava, even after he's tovel from his Tomah and he's Megaleach, what do you mean? How could you say that he's already Becheskas Tara? He's still missing something. There's still another step. He's not, his Tara is not complete yet. He needs to wait till nightfall, like any other Tame person that goes to the mikvah. So, uh, so since he became Tame with Tomas at home before the Har of Shemesh, don't you say that that's called Cheskas Tumah? How would you call it Cheskas Tara? What? Because he did his Gilach, because he did his Tevila. He still needs Har of Shemesh for the Tara process to be completed. So Amalei Rava responds, Shimsha Memela Arva, that the Har of Shemesh is not considered something that he's missing because that's not something that he does. It's not something that he has to do. He's, he's done with everything he has to do. He went to the mikvah, he did everything that he has to do. That's something that just happens Memela, so that's already considered Cheskas Tahara. So it says Gemara, Even Abaye changed his mind from, the, from his Kasha and he was moda that there's no Chisarin in the fact that the sun didn't yet set. So, um, in order to explain where Abaye was Choser, the Gemara tells us a Bryce that talks about a Yoledes, that after she gave birth, she became pregnant again and had a miscarriage. So does she become, is she permitted to just bring one carbon for both Ledos, for both the original Leda and the Hapala, or does she require two separate Karbanos? And through that discussion we're going to see how Abaye was Choser. Titania, we have a Bryce that tells us the following. We have a similar discussion at the beginning of Masechus Pesachim. A woman is yelled in a cave, she gives birth to a baby girl, and then she gets pregnant again and she has a miscarriage. So Yomelos, on the day that she finishes her first Yimei Tara, she has the miscarriage. Tavi, uh, she's going to have to bring another carbon. But Tochmel, because it's considered a separate Chiyuv, the first Chiyuv is over, now it's a new Chiyuv. Tochmelos, but if it's within 81 days of the first Leda that she has another miscarriage, then Lo Tavi. Then she does not have to bring a second carbon. She's covered with one carbon. So now says the Bible, that's the, the simple Halacha. Within 80 days, the Chiyuv carbon 
carbon only kicks in on day 81. So within 80 days of the original birth, she's covered under the same carbon, because the original chiv carbon never kicked in. But after 80 days, then it's going to be a new chiv carbon. So, so you might think, yeah, she's not going to bring a new carbon on a later that happened within 80 days, but she will have to bring a new carbon on a later that happened after 80 days, meaning, let's say she gives birth to a baby girl, and then within 81 days, she has another pregnancy and she has a miscarriage. And then within 81 days of that miscarriage, she gets pregnant again and miscarries again. So the last last miscarriage was betoch melos of the previous miscarriage, but was not betoch melos of the original lady of the original birth. It was well after the 81 days of the original birth. So she should have to bring two carbonos, one on the first lady and one on the second miscarriage. So that only biomelos she brings betoch melos, she would not have to bring another carbon. So Amr Khan Rav Khan explains the price of the reason why at the second miscarriage she still considered betoch melos even though it's after the most of the original of the original pregnancy, because at the time of the original of the second miscarriage, she still didn't have a time where she was able to bring the first carbon because the clock started again with the first miscarriage. So she had the baby, then the, the, then let's say fifty days later, another miscarriage. The clock starts again under eighty days. So by the time she has her second miscarriage, fifty days after the first one, she was not yet eligible to bring the carbon for the actual baby for the leda. So. Uh, uh, so the Gemara asks, Hasam Nami Mechasra of Shemesh, but in the Resha of the Brisa, where it's on the Yomalos of the first Leda, where she does have to bring another carbon, she, it's, it's also talking about that, that she went to the Mikvah for, for her original Tumas Leda, um, and, and, and uh, she's not ready to bring the carbon on, on that day because she needs Harav Shemesh, meaning it's day 80, she's not ready to bring the carbon until day 81. So she's, it's Yomalos, she still needs Harav Shemesh until she's able to bring the carbon. So how can you say that, uh, that, that the original Chi of carbon had said in in that case? Samalei Abaye, Abaye was the one that, that, that brought up this idea, arva. the fact that she's missing Harav Shemesh in that first case where, she, where we said she's going to have to bring two karbanos doesn't matter because that happens, that happens automatically. So that's not considered that she's mechusar karban, that she has no chi of karban. She does have a chi of karban. She just has to wait for Harav Shemesh. But in the case where there was a leda followed by two miscarriages, uh, then by the time the, the second miscarriage happened, she was not even eligible at all to bring the original carbon because it wasn't just that she was mechus of shemesh, she wasn't even at the day where it was possible to bring the first carbon yet. So that's why she, uh, she would not have to bring a second carbon in that case. Okay, Pastor Shem, tomorrow we'll pick up at the Mishnah.